Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is Gabriel's Trumpet for December the 29th. Today we honor St. Thomas Becket, a martyr of the Church, who obeyed God rather than men. He was put to death by Henry II for refusing to submit to the authority of the king because the king, Henry, had required of him to do something that was against the church law and against the gospel and against his conscience. And rather than obey Henry, uh, he was uh, put to death by one of Henry's uh, more zealous uh, soldiers. Uh, Henry, in a fit of rage and anger, said, Will anyone rid me of this troublesome cleric? And so uh, one of the guards took that as uh, an invitation or a command to uh, do away with Thomas. And so Thomas was killed rather than obey uh, the king because there is a higher authority. And that authority is where all authority resides in Almighty God. And so today we remember another, another martyr in the church another one who realized that life in this world is transitory and passing. We're all pilgrims and sojourners in this world. This is not our lasting home. Our lasting home is elsewhere. We're all kind of resident aliens. We all have a kind of green card, a card of hope, a card of fulfillment, not in this world and not of this world. We're in the world, but we ought never to be of the world. God has given us this beautiful world to be good stewards, to treasure the gift of life that God gives us each and every day. But we also know that it is a passage, a passage on the way to true and eternal life in the blessed presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for all eternity. In the Latin expression, respire ad finem, look to the end. Look to the end of final things in life, because the end of final things will determine where we spend eternity. And the opposition of the world is not surprising if we read the scriptures. Our reading selection today is from John chapter 12, verses, I'm sorry, John chapter 15, verses 18 to 21. John 15. 18 to 21. Jesus says to his disciples, if, the, if you find that the world hates you, know that it has hated me before you. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. The reason it hates you is that you do not belong to the world. And so the Christian, the follower of Christ, recognizes recognizes that to follow Christ, there is a cost. There is a dear grace to it, a costly grace. You can't embrace Christ in the crib, Christ of the miracles, Christ of the raising of the dead, Christ of the curing, Christ of feeding the multitudes. If we do not walk each day with Christ on the way to Jerusalem, which means on the way to the cross on Calvary, 
But that's not the end. That's really the beginning. For the Calvary cross gives way to the empty tomb. For the one who died is risen and now lives. And because Christ lives, all fear is gone. And we can face today and tomorrow and whatever comes, knowing that we never face it alone. We face it with a great cloud of witnesses, the martyrs and the saints, known and unknown, all who have gone before us. They prepare a place for us, as Christ, the great mediator, the first to prepare a place for us. Jesus tells the disciples, if that were not so, I would not have told you. But in my Father's house there were many mansions, and I go and prepare a place for you. And so there is a place for each and every one who remains faithful, who remains steadfast, who picks up the cross daily and walks toward Jerusalem with Christ at the lead and we following in the steps of our Lord and Savior. And so we look at our world today and what do we see? Well, we see many, many reasons, many crosses, many obstacles that the world puts forward. We have many laws and regulations and rules to really contrary uh, to the teaching and the will of Almighty God. And we must resist those. We must indeed obey God rather than human authority in those instances which are in direct conflict with the gospel of Christ. Uh, too often, we tend to give in, acquiesce, obey, without ever asking, is this really the will of God? Is this God's teaching in the scriptures, the teaching of the church, the teaching of our faith? Does it go contrary to our conscience? Uh, and the church, the church is the church of the martyrs, the church of those who resist in order to proclaim, not simply to be negative or to be against. It's what we're for. And what we're for is the acknowledgement of God as creator of heaven and earth, the divine savior and redeemer, and the God who abides with us in the Holy Spirit through the church and also within each and every one of us. And so opposition will come, trials will come, the cross will come. Some have great crosses, many we don't even know about. One of the spiritual works of mercy is to be long-suffering. It's not to complain. It's not to bemoan our fate. It is to embrace the cross, not as an end in itself, but to become ever closer and closer to Christ. Because in his crucifixion, there is also the resurrection and that newness of eternal life that God has in store for each and every one of us. Some people have small crosses, little crosses. Why do they seem to have so little uh, to uh, feel in opposition from the world? Perhaps because in God's great wisdom, they cannot bear too much. God never gives us more than we can bear. God's grace is sufficient unto the day. But regardless of whether our cross is large and we have many crosses, or whether they're small and few, when embraced as a way, as a means, 
of drawing closer to Christ. They are meritorious and they bring us closer to our Lord. I think, for example, of those who suffer a great deal every day, out of view, out of sight, those who are confined to, uh, to their homes because they have various illnesses and injuries, maybe old age, those who are in convalescent homes, those who often, at, especially at this time of the year, do not have loved ones, are not surrounded by those who care for them. But they are dependent upon the kindness of strangers. And God bless those who bring comfort and consolation, those who take care of the sick and the infirmed and the dying. They are true vessels that the Lord has lifted up to do his work because God is with us always. And God, God invites us each day to be vessels. Perhaps in our suffering, we, we can offer that suffering up, those crosses up. For those who have no one to pray for them or care for them, those who have suffering, don't know what, really what to do with it. There is no meaningless suffering. We can not see the deeper meaning, but suffering is an opportunity. It is a way to grow closer to Christ. We don't go about looking for suffering. We don't go about as suffering is an end in itself. That's not holiness. The first rule of sanctity is to be sane, sanctity. So have sanity uh, on the way to sanctity. And that's an important thing, I think, to have that kind of balance. Saint uh, Bernard of Clairvaux said it so beautifully. He said, holiness and simplicity, but always with prudence, good judgment good judgment. And so during this holy season of Christmas and this day when we honor Thomas Beckett, who obeyed God rather than men, who shed his blood and gave his life so that he could enter into true and everlasting life, it's good for us to pause, number one, and pray. Pray for all of those who are suffering at this very moment for the faith in often faraway places, their families and their loved ones who wonder where their loved ones are. What, are. what is their faith? What do they experience? That they not lose heart. They're part of the body of Christ, that mystical body of Christ. And we are part of that body. And we are called to pray for them and lift them to Almighty God, that those who are suffering mentally, physically, above all, spiritually, that they know that they are never alone, that they have the church on earth and the cloud of saints and the elect in heaven, praying for them and sustaining them through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And all of us can play a part in that. All of us, in our own sufferings, we can uh, curse the day and cry against the darkness of the night, or we can also see the light that shines through that, the light who is Christ, and ask Christ to come into us and make an offering ourselves each and every day of whatever challenges and obstacles, whatever things the world 
Satan puts before us to keep us from loving God and to overcome them with God, with God's grace and God's presence. There is a cost to discipleship. And that cost sometimes calls us to suffer greatly. We have a huge cross to carry. Carry it with Christ. For Christ takes the role of helping us. God stands in our place to lighten the burden so that we indeed can make it and continue to do God's holy will. So on this day, spend a little time in prayer. Pray for the persecuted. Pray for the persecuted that they will become proclaimers and be converted and changed uh, this day. That more and more people turn to obey God rather than men. That those in authority and those of influence in our society and in the world at large, that they be turned they be converted and changed, that they truly do God's will with all the gifts and authority that the Lord has lent them, because it's a loan, it's not a possession. It's something that all of us will have to render an account for when we stand before Almighty God. So on this holy day, this day of uh, Tuesday, in the, the great time of season of Christmas, let us this day draw ever closer to Christ. The wood of the crib and the wood of the cross, that's the wood that fashioned together, forms that bridge so that we pass from this life into that true and everlasting life. In the words of Jesus from the cross, into your hands, O Father, I commend my spirit. May each day, regardless of what this day has in store for us, may we commend our spirit in faith and trust to the God who is always present and the God who never abandons us. God bless you and stay firm in your faith.